Shift Dyke Michael's making food and he's making comedy too. Thaddeus J. McKee is co-hosting with the guy I mentioned previously. Sauce Boss Zach's on the one to two, so good he calls him twos and threes. And as always, there's a guest who is sure to please on Hey. What's the name again? Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me is my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Happy wham, wham. On the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last white dragon. Give it up for sauce boss, Zach. Hey there. And two very special guests with us in studio. I think I think you guys are our second married couple we've ever had as, wow, guests, as guests on the show. Fancy. Uh, Ryan and Nicole Esch. Hey, how are you guys doing? From uh, Kismetic uh, Beer Company. Got it. Thanks for having us. Hey, welcome to the program, guys. Uh, real quick, um, I'm very excited to tell you guys that we have a brand new YouTube channel. Uh, just go to Harder Brunch on YouTube, and if you guys could do us a favor, if you like the show, just click subscribe. You don't even have to watch it. You don't even have to watch it if you don't want to. That's right. You don't have to watch it. Just subscribe. <laughs> That's our slogan. <laughs> you don't even have to watch. Yeah. Just just get five people to, to subscribe. That's all we want. That would be great. You know, I mean, honestly, I feel like if you have enough subscribers and Patreon members, like nobody needs to watch the show. We could just do the show for us, right? And then, and then that's the that's the wall. So we finally get to say what it, you know, you know, all those ideas that Zach has that we don't let him say on the actual. Well, yeah, yeah, for legal purposes, legal purposes, we don't let him say. Yeah, I don't know how the paywall makes it more legal. <laughs> uh, yeah, but please uh, hit subscribe, and then of course. Uh, we do an entire extra podcast every week. It's the After Brunch podcast. It's very fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, usually uh, we have a comedian or somebody on, and uh, we really get silly on there. And it's only three dollars. I'd call it the director's cut of Harder Brunch. It really is. It really is the direct. I like that the director's cut. It's the stuff. Um, like do you remember Too Hot for TV? Mm-hmm. Those stickers they put on things. It's like it's like Too Hot for the Harder Brunch. It's the After Brunch. That's where we put all the spicy stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like I really undersold this entire episode. What you're about to hear right now is garbage. So boring. <laughs> it's, it's the after brunch. It is, it's cold enough for TV. <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome to the show. I'm very excited. I, I apologize. I've not got a chance to go into the brewery yet, but uh, I'm very excited. Uh, Why don't you shout out that brewery? I did. I, I literally began with it. Where were you? <laughs> I meant like say that again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, no, I was excited because I know you. So whenever I know people that are doing cool stuff, I, I I'm happy for you. Thank you. And then uh, I started seeing it come across on my like the soft opening, and I'm seeing people go there and have a good time. I have driven past, but I came uh, slightly before you guys were open, and the space looks cool from the outside. Uh, I'm going to go there. Very soon and check it out, but um, uh, you know we love anything on the east side. You know, we love where it. We built it where we built it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, give me a little bit of background on on how you guys met, and then how you guys went from being partners in in life and in love to partners in in business. Well, we get to start out with a love story right away. Yeah. I'm excited. Right Let's into jump the, into the deep end. Yeah, right into the juicy stuff. Um, Ryan and I met at another local brewery we worked at. He actually um, 
was set up with an interview with me as a taproom employee. So we got to have, um, I got to interview my husband before okay. I met him, actually, or That's before I married him. Perfect. <laughs> this is the single most rigorous interview of my entire life. <laughs> 45 minutes for a 10-minute interview. <laughs> yeah, so we we met at another local brewery, and um, we both started working there. We were there for a number of years, and then um, just with 2020, did some reevaluating. And decide that if we are going to, especially for me personally, if we are going to stay in beer still, the only way I would do it is if I could work for myself. Mm. So pretty much immediately, uh, August 2020, started writing the business plan. Um, we went through a number of all sorts of rigmarole to get to where we were to sign our um, lease in August of 21. So it took us a full year to get through some like legal hurdles. Sure. Uh, zoning issues. Yeah, zoning problems. Um and then we started our build out in September of 21 and Ryan um, kind of took the lead on that while I was still working and he, everything that we could do ourselves in that building, Ryan's done. <laughs> and then uh, with, with some help of some very talented friends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by Crystal Designs is a local, um, they make mostly like lifestyle jewelry, um, home goods out of uh, reclaimed wood but they kind of pivoted in their off season and came and helped us with all the wood build out in the space, which is like pretty much the whole space. Um, That's awesome. Are you like a handyman, hands-on kind of guy? I would consider myself handy. You kind of have to be as a brewer when things break. Most of the time you just kind of have to fix them yourself. Mm. I would say I am vastly more competent now than I was <laughs> at the start of the project. There was a lot of lot of learning on the job, mm -hmm. stuff you don't know how to do until you're forced to do it kind of in the heat of the moment. Yeah, and the, I know like as a business previous business owner, like putting out those fires become very costly and you learn very expensive lessons very quickly. <laughs> That's been the first two months, I would say, <laughs> of, of being open, especially things that we bought uh, used equipment. So mm -hmm. I would say I've said this pretty frequently about this whole process that we know basically everything about running a brewery, but building a brewery from the ground up is a very different task. Yeah. A lot of different skills are involved, a lot of different things that you don't think about until yeah. after the fact. So. I think less money, like at the very beginning of anything that you're starting, uh, causes you to be more innovative and learn more things. That is very, very true. You know what I mean? Because you don't have the luxury just to hire someone for the Like, I used to uh, like do like this little business, and like we had a truck that would break down. And then, like, I had to learn how to fix the truck because I'm like, well, this is going to be a lot less money than hiring yeah. someone. So, anyways, that, that's just a thought that I had. I think that's incredibly accurate. There's been many, many points in this process that we wouldn't have finished if we had paid other people to do Yeah, this. that's awesome. So, I mean, it's it's good. I'm, I'm not mad at the people, though, that, that, that are standing on the fat wallets. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but we... uh. We were lo lucky enough to go with a local Indiana company, Indianapolis company, Renew Indy, who uh, invest in a lot of female-owned and minority-owned businesses. We're a female-owned brewery, so she's the boss, I'm the grunt, and uh, because of that, we had a pretty limited budget, so there was definitely some learning on the job. I'm yeah. not going to fix your house, <laughs> but... Uh, I can figure it out if I have to. I would put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you were up to September of 21. Yeah, so we um up to September of 21, we were, that's when we really started the build out. Ryan um transitioned to doing that almost full time. 
And then it was a just truly a dead sprint to our soft opens. Our fam- friends and family opens were in um, March. And uh, it was just like we were, the doors were opening and we were still like putting away shop vacs and pulling like paper off the windows as like friends and family were entering the building. It was a construction zone up until well past the doors were open. So 57, I'm trying to figure out how to hang these antique mirrors in the bathroom <laughs> and we didn't have any glasses washed. The, uh, the, um, uh, our QR code didn't work. The POS system didn't work. The drains that I bought for our three bay didn't fit the three bay. So that sounds about right. And there was a line of people waiting to come into the building. So, so. just, yeah, a true, a true soft opening. Yeah. We figured it out pretty quickly. I'd say, <laughs> Uh, how many, what, how many barrel system are you guys running right now? Uh, so it's a three and a half barrel brew house with a five barrel hot liquor tank. So I can double batch beers. I try and be sustainable as possible. So I try not to put any water down the drain until I've used it twice. Mm. So it's, a a five barrel is slightly undersized if you're double batching, but if you recycle your knockout water, you can capture both the energy that you captured from cooling down your wort as well as capturing the water so it doesn't go straight down the drain. So It's tiny, but we just wanted to do something that was sustainable for two people. Ultimately, we just like working together and figure if we're going to be in beer, we should make a business that allows two people to live a life. No, I think I think that's amazing. I am curious, though, as, uh, you know, because, like, during lockdown, I thought the world was ending, you know? I think a lot of us did. And but there's people like you that meanwhile were sitting down writing business plans, you know. So people like her that were sitting <laughs> down writing business plans. So so you have this idea as you're watching restaurants fail, you're watching breweries fail, you're watching businesses fail, things get shut down, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> I think now's a good time. Let's open something. Get it? It's yeah. like so. What what? I guess sparks that kind of motivation as the world being in the state that it was in. Well, I think it really was just um, there was a sense of like life's too short, you know, a little bit of that. And I was not I had an opportunity to realize that the culture of the place I had been working before wasn't a good fit. Um, and so that was like, you know, the, the impetus for me to just really like if I want to stay in this business, I want to do it my way. I want it to reflect my values. Yeah. Um, so I think it was it was obviously and it did take it took us you know, six months they were evaluating quarter by quarter on if they were going to, you know, lend us money, if they were going to, what they were going to do. But I think it really was like a, again, a life's too short moment. Like I'm not going to keep making someone else money or I'm not going to keep working for some, a place that I don't feel aligns with my values. So it was just a reckoning, I think for, for me and for us. I think, I, I think that you really hit something there because I think so many people, it was just a stop and kind of reevaluate what's important. Exactly. And I mean, I think honestly, that's why so many people haven't gone back to like the food service industry. Cause it's just like, I would rather be doing so many other things than this job that I had, you know? And so some people went the route of just getting out of the industry altogether. Some people went the route of starting their own thing. Um, I mean, I definitely before COVID was like burnout of, food service and like i love cooking food obviously I, you know like i do it every week brunch was so uh, amazing it's it's something i really yeah, enjoy I doing it. but i like the uh restaurant uh ownership side of it i was like oh 
I mean, I went to school for it and thought I wanted to do it and then got into it and was just like, I hate every day of my life. Well, I think that's part of it, too, is that um, things aren't going to change until people are making the effort to, like, be be part of the change. And mm-hmm. I think there are a few places that are really trying to, like, pay people appropriately, compensate mm-hmm. people for their time, focus on, you know, mental health Um it's the minority still of business owners and in hospitality, but that's something we want to be a part of. Like we're not, it's going to be Ryan and I until we can afford to pay someone. Like I, we want you to be like balling if you come work Mm -hmm. there. Like it's, we're aiming for $15 an hour plus tips. And if we can't pay you yet, like that yet, then we're not going to bring you on yet. So. And if I could just say like one thing about the service industry, like I think we all need to come to grips with the fact that it is one of the single most important industries in this country. And I'm done feeling guilty about the fact that I chose to choose it as a career. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of pride in making a product. There's a lot of pride in bringing people happiness. There's a lot of pride in sitting down and having people come to share their limited free time and resources. They're giving you their energy. That's what cash is. They're giving you their energy to support you. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but I think we've been trained in this country that it's second class. Mm. I think we've been trained that anyone can work at McDonald's. If you've worked in a kitchen, everyone cannot work at McDonald's. Yeah. That's why they have the turnover that they have. That's why they had to start paying people what they started paying them. The service industry teaches you life lessons that everyone needs. Humility, mm. yeah. grace, mm-hmm. patience. Yeah. So we're big advocates of the industry, but I think the most important part for me about what Nicole said is that you can continue to give your money to people that don't support your values, or you can vote with your money, which is what she convinced me to do. <laughs> I took some convincing, but like ultimately, you the only way that you can be an advocate for change, it seems like, is to use your money to support causes that are worthwhile. There you go. A hundred percent. And we've been kind of the, I don't know, sideline reporters, I feel like. I mean, because this podcast went, I mean, started, you know, before COVID, went through the shutdown that was like just supposed to be two weeks, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then and then all of a sudden we started seeing, you know, businesses close and yeah. this and that. And then realizing like, oh, we're, and then just see the industry change. And then there there was a point where we all kind of like had these complaints and gripes about like you know if we get another chance like we're gonna change and you guys really took that to heart it like really did like hey like i so many people kind of just went back to status quo as soon as it was possible and the thing is like we like i notice this anytime i go out now there's so many places that are just operating with someone who's just like a new hire they didn't change any standards and practices so the service and the experience is kind of worse that person hasn't been given the proper tools to to Ooh. excel at their job. And it's and when you go in, you just kind of have this bad experience of like, oh, like this is different than, <laughs> than it used well, to be. And it's, be. and it's because it's a, like a survival mode. People are like yeah. trying to wade water and try to help other people swim. And like it's, it's, it's a tough time. I went to Arby's the other day. And I went into the line. I just asked, like, if I could get some food. And she said, you know, the this isn't working right now. 
and uh, like, like I was this like, isn't working out, or <laughs> yeah. did break up with you? Well, <laughs> you get dumped at Arby's. I'll just that say, <laughs> that, that's not a clear <laughs> statement to make. No, that is this not. isn't working right now. I was like, oh, like, are you talking about like the speaker? Like, do I need to come in? And she's like, it's not working. And I was like, wait, so like, is the lobby open, sir? And she just starts <laughs> screaming at me, it's not open. And I was like, you know, this is, and I had I had the grace in the moment to think this is, um. This is what's happened with the pandemic, you know, like she's just learning how to swim. And I just kind of yelled back at her. I was like, <laughs> I just kind of yelled back at the speaker. I was like, you could have been nicer about that. <laughs> and yeah, I use some cuss words, uh, you know, I'm making myself look better in this. <laughs> but and I was like, oh, we're all learning. We're all we're all. <laughs> We're all waiting water. I like to play a game uh, when I go to Taco Bell called uh, Taco Bell Bingo. I have my little bingo card, and I go, what are they going to be out of? And they roll up, and they always let you know right away, look, there's no drinks and no meat and no cheese. What do you want? And it's cash only. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, like, I've got, it's become a point of pride now that I will order whatever they have. Like, I, I just came for cinnamon twists and I have a bucket of quarters. You know, like, like, okay. Game on. No, I just like that the McDonald's ice cream machine thing is now just with any any food item. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they were practicing with that. Like, no, yeah, our yeah, yeah. Uh, burger machine's broken today. Burger machine's broken. You know, I drove around and tested that out once for, for a bit for Red Flag. We just went around to different McDonald's and just ordered a single ice cream cone. And then the, the weirdest thing is they all were working, but each different place that we went to had a different price. It was slightly off by like a few, like 30 cents uh, window. And then we would just give it to the first person we saw, just ask them to do like a free plug. We were like, hey, would you like a free ice cream cone? <laughs> and then almost everybody said yes. And they were like, hey, can you say you love red flag comedy? <laughs> quick, it's melting. Yeah, 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 yeah quick. And they're like, say what now? <laughs> I was like, that doesn't matter. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it, you guys came on uh, a day of days. You guys came on. Uh, unfortunately, the great actor Ray Liotta passed away this week mm. in his sleep, the age of sixty-seven. Uh, and I think he was kind of universally known for one of my favorite movies and the classic film uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. Um, it's kind of how most people know him. Uh, <laughs> What's the I mean, way that one was going? <laughs> and do you have the amount of animals that were killed in that movie? Oh, it was a lot. They I mean, dropped a lot of elves. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. Take after take. All right. Cut. <laughs> release. <laughs> no, no, you guys forgot like, to release no. it again. No. Save the cute no. elephant for the last one. Yeah. Who's doing the parachutes? You're fired. <laughs> Ray. <laughs> there one. Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, he he invented a lot of um, different like practical ways to process and eat elephants. I believe on the set of that movie because <laughs> he didn't want to waste the meat. No, no, the you got yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> You got to eat all parts of the elephant. Is what they say. Uh, no, of course we're talking about the movie Goodfellas, which is one of my favorite films. Uh, and so, right, you've seen Goodfellas before, Nicole. You had never seen it before. Uh, not all the way through. Okay. I'm ashamed to say yeah, it now. It's all right. <laughs> Can you say your race again for us? <laughs> yes, in my Italian heritage, okay. I'm pretty sure I'm I'm excommunicated at okay. this point. <laughs> all right, that's a game we like to play on this podcast. Uh, say your race. <laughs> I think we should just get it out on the table. 
That's how I like to start all my conversations. Yeah. Okay, what race are you getting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thaddeus McKee. Yeah. <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> I, I'm very Welsh. I thought you were Amish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Amish Welsh. Amish that's Welsh. That's a whole yeah. other podcast. Yeah. My Amish Welsh heritage. <laughs> Uh, it is it is a uh, it is race weekend here in Indianapolis. That's what we're just talking that about. <laughs> Everyone name your favorite race. While we're here. <laughs> we did play we did play that one time. Oh my God. We, oh, that was on the after party. Yeah, 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 maybe I should say that. Yeah, three dollars, three dollars, three dollars for that game. That seems like a paywall kind of conversation right there. Well, it was what was your favorite? Name your favorite race, but you can't name your own, so you had to pick a different race. Fair enough. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, well, <laughs> it was Indy Five Hundred weekend, I guess I should say. There we, go. There we are. And um, we were initially going to do uh, some sort of theme of that ilk, and then uh, Ray Liotta passed, and I was like, "Man, we really have to pay tribute." So one of my favorite actors in my one of my favorite movies. I started looking up his IMDb. This guy has been like professionally acting. He's been in a lot of really well-known favorite uh, uh, movies, a lot of uh, one-offs on TV shows, and then he just also just did a, a whole bunch of bad movies. But he's he was just working his entire career. He was what, just what's always, the worst movie that? I mean, I don't know if they were worst movies, but just movies you never heard of because they were like B movies, like Tremors or something like that. Well, for, how dare you, sir? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little taken aback. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well it's Tremors away is, a, from that is a great film. <laughs> yeah. Is he in it? No, he's not in Tremors. Oh, Kevin Are you thinking of Kevin Bacon? Yeah, I was say Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, I've been crying over Kevin Bacon this whole week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Goodfellas is one of my my favorite movies, and so we gotta we gotta play around uh, with that. And um, Zach, do you want? Would you like to go first on on your dish? So I did uh, uh, lemon garlic chicken that was uh, Martin Scorsese's mother's recipe, and uh, Mamma Mia had a lot of garlic in it, a lot of lemon. Yeah, it uses like a whole quart of lemon juice. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can, I mean, it, it had a lemon taste to it, but it wasn't like overpowering or anything. Yeah, no, I feel like it could have used more. It was good. Well, if you think about it, I feel like there's a lot of like Middle Eastern cooking and stuff. They do a lot of like the lemon chicken. Mm. Like, I want to say, I don't know. They know what they're doing over there <laughs> in that part of the world. <laughs> I was going to say in Western cooking, you don't see a lot of lemon like cooked with chicken very often. Maybe like a little lemon, lemon pepper. Piccata. Yeah, but not like. Not like everywhere, you know. So it was nice. It was a, it was a nice change. And that, uh, as we were watching that scene from the movie, uh, the the actor actor who played Joe Pesci's mom is actually um, Martin Scorsese's mother. That's awesome. And then she, it was that was her cookbook that we. Were, By the way, you guys brought a whole new appreciation to that movie with your poster. Yeah. <laughs> with the trivia tidbits that went along with it. I've learned so much today. Yeah. Some deep cuts, man. <laughs> So I bought this. I bought this. This is what I did during quarantine. When you guys were, <laughs> when you guys were uh, figuring out a brewery to open, I was buying uh, um, Goodfellas merch. You have to support local art. I didn't realize. I I knew I didn't have a frame big enough for it, but I didn't realize. I forgot how big it was, and then I finally went out and got the frame and like put it up last night. And I was like, this is the biggest poster I've ever seen. <laughs> like so big. Well, he's looking that way, and he's looking that way. <laughs> Guy Mills like, what do you want from me? <laughs> Looks like a guy we know. Um, so I did the uh, prison sauce. Uh, 
from Goodfellas, uh, the sauce when they're all in prison with the, uh, you know, tried to not to put too many onions in it as they do in the movie. Um, there's a there's a channel that I really like called Binging with Babish. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. It's on YouTube. And he just recreates famous dishes from uh, TV and movies. That's awesome. And uh, he's really good at it. So, like, I always, like, check, with, check in with him first and usually just do, like, a small variant of of whatever. Uh, so I made that sauce um, with the, the meatball. And it was kind of like just a classic meatball. With, it was, like, lamb, pork, and so ground beef. And then, uh, but the sauce has all kinds of good stuff in it, like the... I made the other dish of the peppers and onions, but the uh, sausages for that were just cooked in the sauce overnight. Man, I love a good crock pot, too. I love, like, setting something up last night, going to bed, and then it's just done in the morning, like, rolling here. Uh, the entirety of our cooking right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's great. I agree. What can we cook and have for the next seven meals? When we get home at 1130 at night, we'll, <laughs> we just want to reheat because neither of us are cooking a real meal. Yeah. Do you guys serve any uh, food uh, right now at the brewery? Uh, we don't. You can bring in food, um, and then uh, we have cluster truck menus around there. So nice. come prepared, um, but bring in whatever you want. We're working on possibly um, getting a couple of easy-to-serve items that we can do without having to add like much infrastructure or staff. Sure. Because, again, it's just going to be the two of us for a minute. But for the most part, even when we do have that option, it'll still be like bring in whatever you want I kind of like the idea of just sticking to what, you know, like, hey, we're just here to make beer. And, uh, you know, like some people kind of like, hey, we got to we got to do this and that and the other. And it's just like there's so many options of, to, of ways to get in food and stuff now that it's like if that's not the driving passion, then I'm just like, why do it? You know, like. And we wanted to we had a partnership that just didn't work out. Just staffing's hard right now. But we're here to, you know support another local brewery or not brewery i'm sorry like another local business so we've Mm -hmm. been trying to find you know whether it be a food truck or another entrepreneur like we want to support somebody else too like what what they're doing because exactly we're not here to do a kitchen to help them it's obviously not altruistic but at the same time we built a business on the east side because we wanted to support the east side so thus our first food truck partner it's not their fault that it didn't work out so that's great. And you guys you guys are still also in that, that sweet spot of being the cool, like the new hot girl at school that everyone's just like, oh, you've been to the... Like I feel like I'm kind well of, familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> everyone kind of asks for it, like in a, like a whisper, have you heard? Have you yeah. been? Have you been? Have you heard? Like, I've heard. I haven't been. I will. I will have been. Uh, My favorite's when people call each other out in the comments of things, and they're like, I know, I know, I should have gotten there already. <laughs> you're like, yes, shame. Come on in. <laughs> so it's like the new cheerleader moves to the high school, or is it like a she's all that situation? <laughs> yeah, we, we finally took our hair out of a bun, yeah. and uh, took off our glasses, like, so oh we're hot gosh. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was. I think that was the the last day right before the soft open. Like, <laughs> that was the glasses yeah. getting pulled off. <laughs> Shook her hair out. Yeah, 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 very there. slow motion. Yeah. She's dropped dead gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then for dessert, uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, we did a mashup. We did a mashup. Like he wanted to bring some limoncello in, and what was your original plan with the limoncello? You were just going to drink a bottle of it, and yeah, I kind of wanted to just justify having it, here <laughs> so I could get drunk on it. It's literally <laughs> called harder brunch. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you can put this on somewhere. Yeah, uh, just uh, fit it in somewhere. Um. Uh, 
I originally was trying to do like uh, I wanted to just do like a lemon. I've been having a lot of fun with my ice cream maker this summer, and um, it's not even summer yet. But I went to a lemon sorbet, and I was following the recipe, and I'm like looking at it, and I had it going for like 20 minutes, and it just wasn't. You know, you know what ice cream looks like. It didn't look like that. It was supposed to look like water. Yeah. <laughs> it just looked like some lemon water that was just kind of spinning around. And I was like, huh. And then I was like, okay. And then I, was, I, you know, you troubleshoot much like at a brewery, you know, like yeah. sometimes here's the biggest problem. Uh, we've just now started putting menus down. And I think that's a terrible idea because now I have to stick to like if, before You're if committed. I yeah before if I mess something up I I would just never tell you and you would never have known that something was supposed to come out but now there's proof that a that a damn lemon sorbet is supposed to be coming out. It's, it's waiting the whole meal for yeah. that. Listen, it was icy cold and lemon. It was delightful. Uh, but yeah, it, it it turned into more of a of a a, a lemon cello shaved ice dessert. But um, we we just kind of played around, did a mashup with it, and I was very happy with the way it turned out. No, I the thought that was fantastic, was incredible. I think you played into the race too, right? Shakeups, you know, you you, mm. you, you kind of got like a ah. you hit another another level there. We should, you know, we have those checkered flags. We should have put the checkered <laughs> exactly. flag on there. Hit up all the angles. Oh my gosh! Uh, all right, uh, well, we're gonna take a quick break, and we, I think we all need another beer. And then uh, we'll 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 be back with uh, Nicole and Ryan, and uh, we'll get into these. uh, You guys can talk about the delicious beers you guys brought. Awesome! Like and subscribe. (laughs) That's my new thing. (laughs) (laughs) So do we? Did they? Did they tell you why we have? Suzanne Summers, or did you just ask? The no, I was just like I couldn't think of her name. We were in here, and I was like, she's from Suzanne's, Three's Company, but yeah. I can't think of her name. We said, I, I guess this is all of uh, Ray Liotta's uh, love Former partners. Lovers uh, is where they hi, were. and welcome to well, <laughs> welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Oh, uh, we're talking about our new studio. We have a picture of Michael Landon, uh, LBJ, President LBJ, and Suzanne Summers, and they are all um, famous bedwetters. We. Wow. we Mm-hmm. It was, uh, is that really the theme of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Michael Landon being the first, the the most famous bedwetter, followed by LBJ, and then <laughs> Suzanne Summers. Now, for those wow. of you that don't know Michael Landon, he was the father on Little House, S- Little Step by Step. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Little House on the Prairie, and and then later in his career, Highway to Heaven. I do remember Highway to Heaven. <laughs> so where does Topanga come in? Just as a uh, just be- because she's Topanga, like okay, well, no more explanation needed. That makes um, sense to me. Uh, so, so that is not Topanga. That it's is not Topanga. That is um, the actor that played Topanga as an adult. No, that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. If I had a picture of a, if I had a picture of a, well, let's just make it clear we don't have a picture of teenage Topanga down oh, here. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, that middle-aged make, man honeycomb that, hideout. <laughs> Fair clarification. Fair clarification. Yeah. That is 40-year-old. Age appropriate Age appropriate actors. So there was a... A season one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of callbacks here in the podcast that... uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, so there was a thing that happened. uh, It was... We we're trying to. I was trying to get on to a viral thing, and you got to be careful with these viral things because they they come so quickly. And if you, if you don't get on them at the right time, you can miss out. But if you sometimes jump on them too soon, uh, you can get in trouble. So what happened was there was a guy that was on Twitter, and he was complaining 
that he had found shrimp tails in a box of a cereal. The cinnamon shrimp tails. And then the cinnamon. cinnamon oh, hey. I am. I'm. Aware. You followed. And so, <laughs> so, and so, and then he was, he was, and I forget her real name's like Danielle. Can we look that? Do we have the Fisher? Yes. Danielle Fisher. Yeah. Okay. We don't need the internet to look that up. Thank God we don't have it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, but he's tagging her in all these posts that he's complaining to Cinnamon Toast Crunch, whoever makes it. And everyone's like, why is this guy tagging Topanga? Like, <laughs> like, like in these complaints. And then it came out that that was his, they were married. And so he's like tagging his wife in these complaints. Really? And so it was, it became kind of a funny thing and it was like cute. And like my idea was like, okay, I'm going to make these cinnamon toast crunch battered shrimp and put it up for like content for harder brunches on the internet. And it's yeah. just going to, we're just going to jump right on this viral thing. And I, I bought everything to make it and I printed out that photo, but I didn't have enough time to put it together. And I was like, we'll do it tomorrow. And by the time tomorrow came, it came out that this guy is just like a notorious Hollywood piece of shit. Oh, he had been like no. uh, all these people like me to him. And he was just like just like a terrible human being. And I was just like, I am just so glad that we didn't <laughs> get into the mix. Let's just slowly walk away. Yeah, we're just going to slowly walk yeah. away from this. <laughs> and, and by the way, shrimp, cinnamon, No. There was terrible. There was a lot of chefs that did it, and uh, it can be done. It, it can be done. You can pull it off. Well, yeah, sure. Ever had popcorn shrimp? Yes, but not cinnamon. Come on, man. Knock it till you try it. That's totally different. I don't know how you compared popcorn shrimp to like cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon. I it's mean, not, because it's not because I look, it's, you're halfway there. You're it's halfway. No, it's sugar. sugar. You're, you're halfway there with the with the bread. Look, we're not going to get into why you're wrong <laughs> right now. There's a philosophical difference yeah. here. Yeah, but it's huge. Like, I, don't think, I think we're missing a big point. Yeah, no, Dyke just says stuff and expects <laughs> to get away with it. Like, you can't get He's away like, with it. No, that. I didn't say the thing is the guests are like, well, we shouldn't call him out because he cooked us this nice brunch. But don't yeah, fuck that. Thank you. That was a shitty thing you said. Pop, like, have you heard of popcorn shrimp? <laughs> Yeah, same thing. They do chicken nuggets. Except with cinnamon. No way. Have you, have like you, it's a churro. No. Yeah. Churro yeah, shrimp. You. you never had churro shrimp? Have you heard of a cinnamon before? Yeah. You're just naming foods at this point. It's gross. At a religious level, I think it's disgusting. Uh, but yeah, once, once you've gotten all the trouble of framing up a picture of an adult Topanga, <laughs> then it's just like, what am I going to do with this now? Well, we're just going to look at it forever. I think she was most of uh, our first crushes. Let's be honest. Okay, no? All right. She, no, 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 no. she holds a, heart, a place in everyone's heart. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, no, I think I think it's for the, I think I'm just a little bit too old. To have a crush on to her? To have a crush on her. I remember her, but I didn't, I, she wasn't right in my, in my wheelhouse. Mine was Devis, Devin Sawa from Casper. Uh, I mean, that hits. Yeah. Close to home. Yeah. yeah. Like when Casper turns into a human at the end of the movie. Rewatch, watch again, rewatch, watch again. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thank you, Nicole. See? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole gets it. Devin saw what We're was like here. the same age. I, I think we're right on the same plane here. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you, when you were a little girl, pretend that you were the little mermaid in the tub and splash out and sing part of your Yeah, world. I mean, we used to do this thing... Um, 
There she was... still does it. <laughs> First, it's correct. A, the amount of water I have to clean up. Our <laughs> bills are excessive. Uh, so yeah, we actually used to. Away. We used to do uh, uh, the neighborhood I grew up in a lot of uh, performances for all of our neighbors that were mostly revolving around uh, acting out uh, Disney, also other CDs. But yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Just Sp- you always Spice Girls was a big yeah, thing Spice at the time. Girls, Kids there was the uh, what was it? Um, shoot, I'm I'm screwing it up. What was it where they were all like all siblings? Not the Brady Bunch, but the other one. Oh. Partridge Family. Partridge yeah. Family. Yes. Is, is Partridge Family? Yeah, we had that like album that we would play, like actual the record, and like act out performances it's the most to suburban it. Suburban American. Yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, but a Partridge family was was dope. But like, you guys aren't Partridge family old. I mean, I love it. Right. For the right, record, everyone looked at me when when that point came up, which I think is ageist and unfair. I was just saying, like, my mom watched Partridge Family. Was, it was our parents' record, yes. Okay, but, but parents' we, record. But we would invite, like, all of our neighbors. We'd, like, handwrite album or, like, invitations and be like, come to our performance of us yeah. just, like, lip syncing to mm. things such as Little Mermaid um, and then also the Partridge Family. Okay. So to answer your question, yes. Nice. There we go. Uh, Ryan, you were telling us uh, on the break you that you have a background in wine. And you, what level of, of sommelier? Just the entry level. I didn't get to advanced or to master. And honestly, I didn't. I got through the test part. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the part where you actually have to go and do the blind tastings was an additional $600. And I decided not to pay that. Because I didn't really like the industry anymore. Would you be interested in coming back and do a blind tasting of uh, different Mad Dog 2020s? I would adore that. <laughs> and I would say that was... My initial training in wine <laughs> was was Mad Dog, Wild Irish Rose, oh, yeah. Boone's Farm. Get the blue. Yeah, whatever I could get at the local gas station. That was uh, that was my yeah, it was my entire uh, growing up on the West Side. I feel like you throw in a little Carlos Rossi and the nine dollar <laughs> gallon jugs, and you summed up my entire twenties. I think right there. My my roommate would just uh, we would go watch wrestling. Uh, at a friend's house, he would smash an entire bottle of uh, Wild Irish Rose to the dome by himself, and then he would just get in his feelings, and then all of a sudden he'd like storm up to his room, five minutes would go by, and then you would just hear Brian Adams start blaring. <laughs> and that's how you knew the night was over. That, that actually sounds familiar. I was more of like the Kool-Aid man, so I would just smash through a wall at some point. Yeah. It's something about the fortified wine that gets you a different level of tone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, do they make a lot of like high end fortified wines? Like, I don't see. It. I'm sure they do. I it's just called don't... port. Port. Okay. Yeah. yeah port or sherry. Or there there's different ways of of adding grape spirits, distilled grape spirits back in, and but mostly they're for a dessert wine. They're not the uh, before, after, middle, and dinner. Yeah. Which, that Mad Dog <laughs> nails, I think. Yeah. Mad Dog really is an aperitif, I've always found. Kind of, you know, Digestif as well. Because <laughs> when you drink it, you literally can't handle anything else yeah. without vomiting. Oh, man. Uh, a lot of bad memories. <laughs> I'm impressed you still have your memories. Yeah. Because 
That was that was uh, one of the first things I remember drinking, and then I remember not drinking for a number of years <laughs> after that. Yeah. This alcohol is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us about these uh, not disgusting, wonderful uh, beers that you guys brought. My over. goodness, they're great. Do you like that transition? That was <laughs> Speaking of disgusting, what's not disgusting? <laughs> well, you got to neg it first yeah. before you build it up, right? So. Well, we got uh, we brought four different ones. We've got a juniper Kolsch, uh, cold IPA, an Italian pilsner, and a lemon cream Earl Grey American wheat beer. Woo! So a little bit all over the map. I would say uh, one I brew what I like, and then uh, sort of philosophically, I don't brew anything above six and a half percent alcohol. Okay. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people in this city where you can go and get high ABV stuff. Googman does wonderful double IPAs. Deviate does the weirdest high adjunct, high ABV stuff you could possibly find. And uh, while we appreciate them and shout out to them, it's not generally what we drink. Mm -hmm. So it seemed a bit uh, disingenuous to open a brewery and not actually serve the products that we enjoy. Mm, yeah. So everything that we have on our menu is is stuff that we regularly drink. and, and That's that smart. Like. I like that. Cause this is just like you're not like just like panning to the audience that like, like this is what we want or well it's not the audience but just like the status quo of hey everybody's doing this or everybody's doing the zombie dust so we're doing the so, I don't know I think for us it's 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 definitely that throwback aesthetic it's the uh, the neighborhood pub or the neighborhood bar or mm. go back far enough it was the neighborhood brewery mm. and that brewery supplied that neighborhood and they generally made one or two products yeah. So for us, it's, um, it is really a philosophical thing. We're, we're going to brew the beer that we'll drink in the way that we want to brew it in the styles that we will. So I'm never going to put lactose in a beer. I'm never going to make a 13% cereal-infused beer. I don't generally add anything to my beer that has sugar in it. Um, I feel like you're talking about one specific brewery right now. <laughs> I think they're the most prominent outlier of what we're talking about. But first and foremost, and I've said this, I mean, I've been in alcohol now for 20 years, so I've said this my entire... Same. My entire... <laughs> high five. Uh, I've, done, I've said this my entire time. Your palate is your palate, and mm. no one is allowed to tell you that your palate yeah. is wrong. Yeah. As soon as you start listening to somebody else Thank describe you. what your palate is, you're advocating yeah. the throne. Thank you. So and, there's not, and there's markets for everything, exactly. you know. Like I know, I know people everyone. that love that particular yeah, place, that's all and it's why we yeah. shout out the people that we think yeah. do it well. It's just not what we personally enjoy. Mm -hmm. So rather than get up and, I mean, I think it was a little arrogant <laughs> to to come out with a a palette of beers that I did, but ultimately, it's worked out well for us. And fundamentally, if if your if your palette runs parallel to mine, awesome. If it's perpendicular, there's 70 other breweries in the Indianapolis area that you can go and support. Yeah, exactly. And more power to you. I'm not hating on anybody. Yeah, not I'm at just all. not going to make beer that I don't like. Can yeah. I ask you, what do you think about synthetic hops? Do you guys use them? Are you guys, where, where oh, are you at? Talking about spice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think about spice? Let's get off this, uh, let's get off this beer Listen, subject. I've got a bath salts pilsner <laughs> that's coming out there. That will tear your face off. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know you guys like to get wet. <laughs> Isn't that like space dust uh, drink? Like you're talking about like cryo hops? Or like, yeah. Like, so those aren't actually synthetic hops. They're like, it's the hash of the hop world. Okay. So 
for one, hops and cannabis are the two closest relatives in the plant kingdom. Okay. So, like, in the way that you can extract the good stuff from cannabis and uh, condense it, you can do the same thing with hops, and that's lupulin powder, cryo powder. Um, it depends on what the brand name is. It depends on who's marketing it. But essentially, that's the concentrated essence of hops. So it's not artificial. It's just not like a whole hop cone. Yeah. Which ultimately nobody really. No one really uses the whole cones. No, I mean, there's there's people that hang their head on it. I think like Victory, their entire shtick is that they use whole hop cone in all mm. of their beers. But you're talking about vast quantities. Yeah. And it's so storage is a pain. Storage is a pain and it absorbs a lot of liquid. Mm. And the more liquid your hops absorb, the less liquid you have to put in a keg. Yeah. I've had some like cool mm. beers like Randall over fresh hops and that's fun, but yeah. it's just kind of more of a gimmick I feel like than a it doesn't seem like I mean like if like you said if that's your thing you're making it your you're going out of your way to make it your thing. It's not really the industry standard. It's not the easiest thing to do. I hesitate to use the word gimmick because ultimately, like I use tea in my beer. Is that a gimmick? Is it? I don't know that it is, but it's certainly not like German Reinheitsgebot. It's not. It's not the four ingredients that that's all you're allowed. I mean, I I think of a gimmick of like we're going out of our way to do something that's maybe a little bit more difficult because we really like it that way. And then it's kind of like a yeah, you're setting yourself apart in this way and like. That that does be kind of like I don't think gimmick's a bad thing either. You know, I, I use gimmick. At, we're c- comedians too, so it's a lot of times it's like gimmick could be. Is he, he backpedaling? <laughs> you know, your whole menu is a gimmick today. <laughs> yeah, I love gimmicks. I mean, we do it on a weekly basis. <laughs> my, my bread and butter is gimmicks. Well, I would say then my 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 rubber chicken and my goofy glasses and nose would be doing things like tea blends, but I'm not gonna add things that contain sugar. Yeah. Because frankly, I don't, I don't enjoy. I love sweet. I love desserts. I, it's my favorite part of the meal. But I don't like it in conjunction with alcohol. Mm. I've won again at forty-one. Hangovers of two or three days, and sugar just exacerbates yes. the problem. It just makes it worse. So uh, <laughs> I prefer to have three, four, five, even maybe more uh, pints of a beverage and not be in. Uh, unsafe to drive so philosophically for us it's a way of i think being cognizant Mm. of our consumers being cognizant of the fact that we're an out of the way location that maybe you have most people are driving to Mm. and uh speaking of which how close are you guys to the pleasant run parkway trail because i my idea was i wanted to just ride my bike there so i literally just did this for the first time two days ago I got from my house in Little Flower to the brewery in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. So you can go right up the Pleasant Run Trail. Okay. um, Even over through the, because right now Southeastern and English are both blocked off with construction. Yeah. The trail is still open. Nice. So you can take the Pleasant Run pretty much the whole way from Irvington all the way to the brewery. And then you wind your way through a neighborhood. You're never on the main street or anything. I love it. This is a brewery that supports driving and drinking. <laughs> if you want to drink and drive, bike riding, bike riding, bike riding. Oh, don't go to those other breweries that do the sugary hops and 13% ABVs. I appreciate you distilling my message. That's, I was trying to be subtle with it, but I think sometimes you got to be right up front. I think too, though, and I mean, maybe it's in my head. 
that has been suggested. But I think that the cryo hops, I notice a difference. I don't know if it's like an oiliness or something like that that comes through in the beer. I personally feel like I notice a difference versus even just pellets. It's not my it's not my okay. favorite. It's not good. Mm. Like I don't it's particularly evil. love it. I'm not gonna go that far, but I'm <laughs> here's the thing. I, I I I will cut you guys off here for this important <laughs> thing. I have nightmares when I uh, drink this stuff. So every time I have these cryo hops, he, really? he thinks citra hops causes nightmares. Citra hops gives me the most terrible nightmares where I wake up and I'm I'm it thankful does. that I'm alive. I'm talking Freddy Krueger would uh, have to see a therapist after see, having these nightmares. So what I love about this conversation, this actually came up with randomly with Thank a you. young lady that was in my bar who talked about how terpenes something that we're familiar with maybe from other aspects of our social lives uh give different effects to her at different times terpenes are basically flavor compounds that are also present in hops to a certain degree and we haven't studied the effect of any of these things so when people Hmm. talk about the different effects that alcohol like i tend to think of wine as a fun happy drunk i tend to think of beer as like sort of a long, kind of mellow, kind of chill drink. I think of spirit of getting my blood all riled up. Like, these things are tied into different compounds that we haven't really studied. So, Mm. to your point, there's quite possibly something that's going on in Mm. a very concentrated, distilled essence of a hop that might be riding along and giving you a bad nightmare. Well, I think the government knows something that they're not (laughs) letting... Any of us know the, oh, the beer? CIA, man, this is, well, this is crack all over. Yeah, it. <laughs> I think you go back, you trace who created the Citra Hop, and then you dig on his life story. <laughs> Follow the money. That's really, really, that's really our message here on yeah. Harder Brunch. I watched this. Tell on us. On <laughs> Some poor hop farmer in yeah. Yakima Valley yeah. in Washington. It's gonna come out, and like people are gonna be like, "We were drinking that, like, yeah. really." You were only saying it was half a hop. No. Come, come, come for the free breakfast. Stay for the, <laughs> the Q drops. <laughs> come on. Come on. This I'm, is, I'm right here with you. I love science. I Thank love you. Thank you. What, uh, wh- what suggestions have popped up uh, amongst your customers that uh, have just been so wild, but you've heard them either a lot or they've just been you just... Like, not just, like, some crazy one-offs, but things where it's like, I never really thought about doing that, but a lot of people want X. And then you have to decide, is this something that kind of fits in with what we do, or is this just, like, we're not going to do that? I spend a lot of time in the bar. I mean, Ryan does too, but I'm usually bartending. I actually don't get a lot of, like, people come in wanting what they want usually, and then when we might not have it, Mm -hmm. we're not doing flights, or we're not doing the slushy beers or something like that. Um, it's pronounced slurshy. Oh, yes. Yeah, so sorry. Uh, once they they are almost like forced to try something maybe like a little bit different, it's actually been like overwhelmingly positive. Like people are nice. kind of like, hell yeah, thank you for all the loggers. Like, I don't know. It's just been kind of cool to see like plenty of places are doing loggers. Yeah. Not saying we're reinventing the wheel, but having almost like a lower ABV logger focus, people are have been like super vibing on it. So I don't know. I don't know that I've seen like... I haven't had a lot of people actually be, like, mad that we're not... To be honest, the biggest requests are for things that aren't beer. So either somebody's interested in a non-alcoholic option, mm. which is fantastic, and Nicole has done an amazing job of making sure that we're very inclusive to gluten-free, non-alcoholic lifestyle choices. Um, we have or, water. 
Well, no, we actually have gluten-free beer. We have non-alcoholic beers. We have beers. four gluten-free oh, beers. Wow, cool. We have four non-alcoholic beers. Wow. CBD waters. We bring four. Like, I just don't ever want it to be where exactly that, honestly, where it's like you show up and you're like, well, here's the one cider you can have. Yeah. You're like, I want you to come hang out and have like your choice of the flavor beer you want that's non-alcoholic. Or you don't like beer, yeah. but you still want to support a local business. We still have options for you. So okay. You can get your seltzer on or your cider. Do you make your own CBD water? I do not. I am very familiar with the process of it. Sure. It's just, uh, one, I, to do it, I would have to devote a draft line, whereas other people can package it. So this is allowing me to keep all 10 draft lines for our product, okay. but still offering it. And she, Untitled Arts out of Wisconsin, yeah, they make an job. amazing product. They have four different CBD waters that we carry, and every one of them is delicious. And honestly, a really good, mellow kind of way to end your night. Cool, yeah. Yeah. What was the, can I have whatever the fourth beer is? Uh, oh, you actually kicked the, the, the bottle on it. Oh, I did? Oh, no. So that was going to have one of the others. That was a cold IPA, which is a relatively new style out of a, a brewery in Oregon, what, Oregon what, what, called Wayfinder. What's the definition of cold IPA? So essentially this guy was like a lager-focused brewery, and... There's been, for a while, there's been hoppy lagers or IPLs, India pale lagers, mm-hmm. but he decided that he didn't like the way that New World hops, the really fruity hops that we grow here in America, pair with lager yeast. Lager yeast, when you ferment properly at cold temperatures, tastes like it throws off sulfur, and sulfur and the fruity aspects of New World hops don't really go well together. Mm. So he developed this recipe roughly two years ago that... Um, takes kind of the best aspects of New World hops and West Coast IPAs and lagers and blends them all together. Oh. So I would say the main difference is, one, there's no um, there's no caramel hops in it. It's all Pilsner malt and rice. Thank you. So it's very, very dry, very, very crushable, like a very light lager. You use a lager yeast, but you ferment it warm for a lager yeast, but cold for an ale yeast. So that's the name, cold IPA, because you're essentially fermenting it slightly colder than what you typically would in ale. I was really hoping that somewhere in there you'd been like, and then we just add just a shit ton of citra hops to it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't use citra in any of my stuff. So. We're in your nightmare right now, <laughs> Well, we, we summon the devil, and then the citra hops just pop in. Yeah, man, I really hope this doesn't go off the wrong way. <laughs> no, but this is the... We- are out of the cold IPA, but this is the Italian pills for y'all to keep in, you know, line with. Mm. There is something because, like, I so, so like I kind of got into craft beer, like in like like 2010, I started working a craft beer bar, and then just kept jumping around and like learning, you know, learning more about this brewery and that brewery, and I feel like everyone kind of went through this cycle of like. Uh, you got to go to the, like the the hoppiest IPA and the the dankest darkest stout. Uh, and they're all great, and I, like there's a time and a place for all of that, right? But then it's like also when you're working at a brewery and you're drinking like three old Rasputins a night, it's like it's like eating like three loaves of bread before going to bed, you know? Like, sure. and uh, and then when I was working uh, on the food truck, we would pull up to breweries all the time, and it's it's 113 degrees on there, and I was just like, can you just give me the closest? lightest beer like the closest thing to water that there is and i think that that kind of switched something back over was just like uh where it became uh like you were like you weren't cool if you were drinking anything but an ipa for a while and then i feel like it's kind of switched back to like 
you know, a, a lighter beer is, is fine if it's brewed correctly. You know, like there's no shame in it. Like it's, it can be very enjoyable. And also the idea of being able to drink a few beers and not be, you know, like there's some of the, my favorite IPAs, but I can only have one or two of them. And then I'm like yeah. sideways, you know, yeah. <laughs> sounds like you're hanging out around like a lot of beer bullies. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you drinking there? What are you drinking there? Pilsner boy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call me that. I think, uh, it's you been cool too. Pilsner yeah. Day, yeah. Right? I think it's been really neat that I feel like, especially people in the industry are like super jazzed to like, they're about the crispy beers yeah. mm-hmm. so it's been cool to see so many people that are industry folks come in and are just like thank you loggers thank you so much it's almost a cliche it is honestly. the longer that you're a brewer the more you just want to drink lager mm-hmm. when everyone starts in craft brewing all you make is ipas and i think dude i mean it's still one of my favorite styles hops are one of the four main flavor components in beer so it's the most readily accessible way to change a flavor profile it's it's y'all seasonings right mm. when you cook that delicious brunch that's hops that's that's what you're sprinkling on to change the the aspect of a recipe so fortunately for us we've timed our brewery with this sort of move away from the 120 IBU 8%ers the tongue cutters i call them too mm. things that are more sessionable i think people want to be responsible i think younger younger generations are certainly more health conscious and ultimately at the end of the day again this is just based on we we make what we like yeah so yeah i love that i'm really i'm really grateful that we're getting the response that we're getting and that I literally can't brew beer fast enough. The Italian Pilsner, I just brewed my third batch, and we've been open for two months. That's insane to me. I'm humbled and I'm grateful, but ultimately I think it's also indicative of a shift within the industry. Yeah. The beers are fantastic. I did want to ask you, Nicole, like you were uh, talking about um, creating your own culture and being able to do that. Can you get a little more uh, examples of what that culture looks like and the things that you wanted to do and the things that are important to you as a, as a a brewery owner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, When we initially were talking about developing the concept, even of the interior space, like I wanted it to be, I I guess this isn't culture, but in general, I wanted it to be very like welcoming to women. I feel like Mm. breweries can feel a little masculine, a little cold, Mm. And I want it to be a place that, like, ladies, regardless of what, you know, you like to drink, could come Mm -hmm. in and, like, hang out. That's honestly been one of the most rewarding things for me is that I am seeing, like, groups of young women or just groups of women come in and just, like, hang out together in that space, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, What we offer is a big part of it, like, being focused to trying to support the best that we can within our licensing, non-alcoholic drink, you know, um, people that are doing a non-alcoholic lifestyle, or whatever you want, trying to be really inclusive that yeah. way. So the space is like literally a space for everybody. Um, I love that. How we compensate people that we talked about earlier, that's a huge focus because, I mean, beer is definitely one of those offenders where you're just like, oh, it's cool, so we can pay you nothing, and you, you're just here. And, like, we're just going through these, like, we all got in at the same time, and now you're seeing, like, a wave of, like, okay, well – we're all turning 40 and we need like health insurance yeah. or like make a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And rather than be supported financially, I just feel like the industry is like, well, it's fine. We'll just take the next wave of 20 year olds that are willing to just 
it's like the intern mm. model, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, just, we're willing to get those free interns yeah. and burn them out. And exactly. And then we just get the next over. one. I want to go back to, <laughs> Hey, actually I disagree with her. <laughs> I'm a big supporter of free intern work. Also free work just in general. Yeah, yeah, it's all, like, yeah where's the health plan? Listen, yeah. Healthcare plan listen, pay and beer only goes so far, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, so there's a big part of that. You're getting real world experience <laughs> around here. Yes. This is, yeah, exactly. You're getting your name out there, Jake. Yeah, yeah get your name out there. Exposure. exposure. That's what they call exposure. that. Dude, I'm going to give everyone so much exposure. <laughs> you, you do. Um, so we have that, and then we've, we've had a lot of, like, um, a relatively recent um, Me Too movement, essentially in beer, has happened. Um, a young woman out of a brewery on the East Coast. Uh, her Instagram is Rat Magnet. She put something on social media really casually, just being like, "Hey," like she was frustrated and was like, "Tell me about a time in craft beer that you were like mistreated as a woman." And it snowballed into a thing that has gone on for years now. There's mm-hmm. a Brave Noise beer uh, now that's being like brewed in support of like this movement. It's created, I mean, it's it's really yeah. affected, like, breweries of all sorts of magnitude. So I yeah. think continuing to bring in women into leadership positions of beer mm-hmm. um, and to have them be more than just taproom servers, not, yeah. not like there's anything yeah. wrong with that, but, like, yeah. to continue to, like, promote them Pass is really important, to, too. Yeah. yeah, not just be the face of the, the bar, but also mm-hmm. be, like, influential decision makers is important. One, I would hate to be me too by someone named Rat Magnet. <laughs> like, if you're not across... <laughs> oh, if you're not holding the bar to someone's screen name being Rat Magnet, like, this guy was worse than a rat. Alright, you guys know how I like rats. This guy, screw him. Um, second of all, like, I, I really do want to speak to that, like, where you were saying, like, you wanted to make it more comfortable for women as well. So is, like, the aesthetic different? Like, do you see different, like, paintings on the wall? Like, how do you make that more comfortable? Yeah. Um, I think that... I, that's sounds sexist, but I'm just like, <laughs> what like what do you do to make it feel sure. more comfortable? Is everything pink in there or what? Because <laughs> I'm trying to do the same thing for my house. I mean, we did we did have an emphasis on comfort in that tap room and having it be more. It's not like that, you know. It's not like the hard metal, awful, yeah. you know, bar stools, and it's not uh-huh. just all exposed, yeah. you know, metal ductwork. We have exposed pipes for sure in that old building, but um, it is like the color palette's a little more feminine. It's like purples and teals, and okay. uh, it's not all pink, but a smidge pink, <laughs> uh, and, and just really comfortable Mardi Gras colors. Yeah, trying to be more like. Um, Sorry, that our was... our merch options. We're trying to be a little bit more like female focused. Mm. Um, we've got like like nice bandana, like silky bandanas okay. for lady or, or or men, whoever. But um, sure. just trying to get that a little bit of that focus where it just feels comfortable. I think also just it, like by nature, not having kind of you know that kind of toxic bro culture that gets tied up in beer a lot, totally. and just to know like oh this is this is a woman owned brewery, yeah. right? And you know it's it a safe space, and I feel like all that stuff is kind of top down. And I'm just assuming like I mean right now it's just the two of you, but I'm assuming as the staff grows and stuff like yeah. like how you treat your employees and how you treat your customers and stuff that all just kind of. That stuff actually does trickle down. Yeah. Money never trickles down. But like, like that culture really does. And I, I think that's very important. Well, we have uh, a focus, too, of like bringing in, like teaching women how to brew. I'm going to learn how to brew, but we're also trying to still like tie down a, um, a program where women that want to learn to brew can come to Kismetic and learn how to brew. We're trying to engage really strongly with um, 
homebrewers to try to give them a lot of opportunities where not only do they brew with us, but they get compensated for it. Mm, so nice. there's a lot we're working on right now to try I, to engage with like our community and, and women specifically, but our entire community. I'm going to do a quick commercial for you guys. Cause I, I love that men. If you're looking for a safe place for women, wait, cut. <laughs> uh, I, come I, find the ladies. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hire him. <laughs> women <laughs> take your men down. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> magic, okay. Not men. Take your women down. <laughs> All right. Well, I fired myself. <laughs> uh, I, I would just like to, to double down on that because I'm going to be honest with you. The biggest question that we've gotten about this is how can a husband and wife team, how can it be a female brewery? There's, we structured the business like legally it's a female owned brewery. And that is indicative of the two and a half years of work that she did to even make this happen. I wasn't on board with this. <laughs> like I was, work- it was going to be really weird if we had hired a different brewery. <laughs> I was working multiple places. You came on kicking and screaming (laughs) against your will. I just, I I had the whole COVID fear. I didn't think, I I just didn't see how it was going to work. You couldn't see the world snapping back or changing. At all. Fair. I I love what she came up with. I love the idea behind it. And of course, I'll support her in whatever she does. So when she took the ball and ran with it and made this whole thing happen, if that's not indicative of business ownership, I don't know what is. So while the beer, I think, is my purview, the overarching theme, philosophy, look of the brewery is wholly Nicole, is wholly feminine. And that has been, I think, absolutely the most gratifying thing of being someone that's worked in the service industry for well over a decade is too often it is a very locker room, masculine-focused kind of environment. And the women that in it kind of either have to play by those rules or you need to find a different job. So I'm really, really grateful that she's created this opportunity, I think, for moving that forward in our industry. Because some of the most talented people that I've met in this industry are female. Some of the most talented people that worked on this project are the wives of the husband and wife teams that all collaborated on it. So You get I, treated better. The um, aesthetic is always cooler, and the bathroom is always so much cleaner. <laughs> oh, just you wait until you see our bathrooms. <laughs> Literally, they're next level, and that's a big shout-out to Sarah Potts at uh, Guide and Anchor Creative Studio because I fought her tooth and nail in those bathrooms, but they are chef's kiss. Guys, I could nice. talk to you for three more hours, but <laughs> yeah. we, we, we are at our time. Can you drop a beat oh, for man. me, sir? I was so quick. Uh, let's get the official plug-in, and I'm going to come down... I feel like this is going to be like my new favorite place. I'm going to ride my bike there uh, all the time. Uh, Let's get the good plug in for the brewery. Where are you at? Where can people find you on social media? What do you got coming up? Whatever you want to say. Uh, 201 South Rural. We're uh, at Kismetic Beer Co. on social media. Um, What do we got coming up? Beer. More great beer. Got a lemon peel grisette, a hazy black IPA. I've got a German Pilsner. Uh, I just get bored brewing the same things. A cherry almond Berliner Weiss. Mm. I, I will constantly have new things on the menu. Nice. So, yeah, always new. Uh, Thaddeus Shea McKee, you'll always be my hazy black. Uh, where can people find you and follow you on social media? Um, I do not support this message. <laughs> I'm Thaddeus McKee. I do not support this um, I, honestly, you can find me um, at their brewery now. I found out. <laughs> I found out that there's a he, lot. He'll of, be luring women to the brewery. 
I like it when women feel safe. All right? So screw you if you're against that. I'm going to go there to make them feel more safe. Uh, you know? With the new carry laws, I'm going to be... <laughs> I'm gonna be strapped. <laughs> Ladies, don't worry. I got you. And I'm slightly buzzed. <laughs> Sauce boss. Really appreciate you guys having us on, man. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you for the brunch. Yeah, and the hearty laughs. If you want more scary stuff like that, please check out our after brunch. It's only $3 a month for all of the same spaces you can handle. <laughs> I feel like it can only get scarier. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe that could be a side hustle for you. Armed, uh, like you could, uh, like an armed guard. Armed walk escorts. people from yeah, yeah, armed escorts from breweries back to their car, you know? I, no, a, I like that. A volunteer security guard. <laughs> oh, I know you didn't ask me, man. Like, I'm going to be walking with you. These, these, these streets are not safe. I don't know what that voice is. <laughs> <laughs> Indicative of what that whole experience was. <laughs> yeah. like, he wasn't like, talking like that at all. He, came, he showed up with a gun. Yeah, so yeah. Mansplaining safety over here. <laughs> you have three guns. Who, who carries three guns? You're from Just Pizza? <laughs> He's oh, always a, strapped. Always. Oh, okay. That's a whole other podcast. That's another podcast. Uh, right hey, stick around if you want to hear the After Brunch podcast. We got Katie Hillage coming up. Uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.